0: I feel conflicted. I feel conflicted. I don't want to see that. I feel conflicted. I don't need to see that. I don't want. I don't need to. I don't want. I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't see that. I don't want to see
1: that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that.
0: I just want to say that at the top of my notes, instead of saying Valerie makes a pilot, <laughs> uh, Valerie makes a podcast. Wow. Yes. That is crazy. I'm crazy. I'm going to talk about me being crazy. There we go. All right. Welcome back to Countdown,
1: Countdown, 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 Tony countdown. penis. I don't want to see that. (laughs) I don't want to see that. I wanted to see that last (laughs) night, though. It's not really Countdown, because this is episode one of
0: season two. Well, now I figure that the Countdown can refer to her five, four, three, one. This is like one of her new things.
1: I know. And the other one
0: that you... I mean, it was your first tweet.
1: Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Well, that and, you know, my fan, I know I'm jumping the gun, but I have to say it now. I'm sorry. It's okay. Her Matthew McConaughey impression. (laughs) I was laying on the floor. I I mean, that one killed me.
0: I loved the Matthew McConaughey impression (laughs) because it reminded me of not only the Woody Allen one in the first one, but that I've seen clips of her doing the Pacino later on at another point, and I thought to myself... How many of these are we going to get? Because it could get really good. Well,
1: and it's so funny because it's so Valerie that she did that. Because, you know, around the Oscars, everyone was doing that impression. I was doing that impression. All right, all right, all right. I mean, weren't we all doing that?
0: Right. Well, everything... Matthew McConaughey is one of those people that is just fun to sort of imitate anyways. But, yes. Her impression of Matthew McConaughey killed me.
1: And I I love how she pointed out what it was.
0: I, I love
1: how she... Looked at the camera and smiled, you know, as if, uh... Very, she was being very humble about it.
0: But she was really happy the whole time she was doing it. Like, she's having fun. Oh, yeah. Fun. She's, oh,
1: absolutely. She was
0: having a blast. My overall thoughts for this episode, it's perfect.
1: I, I was gonna say perfection.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just... I don't know if you could have done it any better. Sort of bring them all back in, in a better way. I just I'm so... I'm with them. I'm ready for the ride. Well, well, I'll let you
1: start. But we were honestly, we were so excited to do this. We um we watched the episode separately and then wouldn't allow ourselves to talk to each other I because know. we thought we would just give away everything we wanted
0: to say today. And we wanted to try to save something for you guys because we know that whoever's listening can't wait to hear what we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> with bated breath. They're on tenterhooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they are and as was I just waiting to see how it was going to oh, go and yes. uh, my husband Tom watched and he is not finished watching the se- first season way to work in you have a husband so uh, <laughs> personal personal moment <laughs> I mentioned this only because it was interesting to watch it with somebody who hasn't watched the whole thing and hasn't watched it recently, as we did, and how much he got or didn't get. And I also saw some tweets from people who had never watched season one, but this was their intro. And it seems like everybody was right on board. I thought they did a really good job of setting up what had happened in season one. I thought on. they did
1: too. And I know, I know of many people who watched last night's episode because they want to listen to our podcast. Aww. I know. People that I know and you and I know. And so, uh, in talking to some of them, they fell in love with the show. So there's, there's us, you know, these obsessive fans of the, you know, first season. And there's a lot of those. Like, I couldn't believe on Twitter last night, we're quoting Twitter right now, yeah, on awkward, the
0: Twitter. Yes. On the twits. <laughs> on
1: the twatter. Um, oh, I just said twat. The twat? <laughs> uh, you know, it. we were not the only people just, like, so excited for last so night. So
0: geeking out.
1: Oh, we were so geeking out. So many gay men. I, yes. I was like, wow. It was,
0: th- in the feed, it was Jenny and I and our gays. <laughs> <laughs> and an endless stream of gays. And it was... Well received, I think I only saw one slightly negative tweet, and I almost wrote back to that person, snarky, and I thought, you know what, I don't even want to engage with that person. Why am I taking this so personally? But... Uh, I didn't see that one, but I'm about to cry. No, you know, it was just one, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was very... Well, I hate like, forever. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to give them any more airtime. time. Okay. I don't even know who they were. Don't but say right. their name. Oh, I don't know. Don't, don't. I'm not going to... Don't speak. Ah! <laughs> no, put a pin in that. <laughs> This this podcast project, as much as we've done it for ourselves and for our own sort of amusement and we're learning so much, there's this community out there of people who have either seen it before and are re-watching it or who may be watching it for the first time and they may not have people at work. It's You're going to work on a Monday and the person next to you was not just watching season one the night before necessarily. So it's nice to listen to a podcast. I know when I do, it's it's like having a water cooler conversation. I was going to
1: say Jenny and I are your personal water cooler.
0: That's it. We're we're that we're we're the people you go to to talk about your dirty little secrets or enthusiasm for shows like
1: And this. to get a frosty beverage.
0: <laughs> Always.
1: <laughs> Jenny's drinking a Tea with no sweetener from Starbucks in a lovely glass. I'm I'm a little more trailer park. I'm having a diet snapple.
0: But we're loaded up on caffeine and we're ready to go. We're ready to go. So speaking of ready to go, season two, episode one, opens on the same footage that opens season one with her in that kitchen and it's the footage of it. And obviously she's showing the kids, but yeah, it was great. The, yeah, the connection to that was just such a wonderful way to kick it off and instantly makes you nostalgic and pulls you in.
1: Oh, I was, I, they, they had me at, you know, hero. but <laughs> They didn't even say that, but you know,
0: and they are in the study and I think you mentioned it. They've rebuilt the it wall, but now it's, the comeback wall. Yeah.
1: That was, that was great. That, you know, the, the Valerie Cherish wall, the, the, that's it wall. That's it. What's Well, It
0: was her it wall.
1: Yeah. Her it wall. Now it's her comeback wall.
0: It was all rebuilt and refilled. And there looked like there were things up there that we haven't seen before that she's done since. And
1: 30 seconds. Everybody's brought up to speed.
0: So she's brought this film crew in and she keeps referring to them as USC film students, but it's unclear whether any of them actually are. <laughs> and we learn pretty quickly that one of them is Mark's nephew, which would also Love be a bug. Mark's Mark. And it was so so good to see him. And we learned something more about Mark too. He's got a sister, Delia. Yes. yes. Mark has a family. Mark has a bigger family than we than we knew. I have a Maybe a tiny
1: negative thing. Sure. I don't think Mark aged that well.
0: Well. We still love you, Damien. We also don't know what he's been through with Valerie. That's true. (laughs) And they allude to that on The Real Housewives. (laughs) We find out through her showing the material, some of the older material to the new crew, that she has done what she refers to as an independent film. Well, that, like, as an... That wasn't as an acting teacher. Um,
1: people always on their resume call student films independent films. Are very sensitive about them, so that was like the perfect once again one of those perfect showbiz moments. And also, like two minutes in, Nikki had his um, Nikki Mickey had his first negative moment. Yes, Nikki, he shot her down by saying it was a student film. Like we talked about in the former podcast, Mickey always just had a way of bring yeah like this digging the month. thing in.
0: And I'm not even quite sure that his intention is that, but he's like, he's he's just like, there's a negative, there's this negative quality that comes out in certain, certain moments. And yes, that was definitely one of them. But I will say that I thought the dynamic between Valerie and Mickey was a little bit different to me. Like it felt a little bit different and not in a, not in a good or bad way, just sort of. I I thought Valerie seemed a little bit calmer, and maybe it was because she was in control in the early scenes. That's yeah. She was the direct. She was Jane. Yeah, she's her own director, her own producer. She's it's her wet dream, right? It's she's the goddess of what is happening.
1: You know, speaking of Mickey, this is something I was thinking about all through the thing. Has he just been in her house for ten years? <laughs> like- what has Mickey been
0: doing? We know he worked on the Cherish Your Hair product. with Oh, Matt. yeah, and I think he's a developer of it. Yeah, and uh, he does mention that they still have warehouses full There's of it. There's
1: the second Mickey <laughs> negative moment, you know, pointing out that nobody has bought it, essentially. And again, I don't think he knows. It's right. just the way he turns a phrase.
0: And he makes a comment at some point about, uh, I want to say Calum, uh, Kellen, Kellen. Um, but the character Chris McNess, cause they're talking about the success that Juna and Chris have had since Room and Board and, Mickey says he's surprised, but, you know, must be all those steroids. Uh, and... Yeah,
1: it's never just nice. <laughs> with and Mickey. Valerie's
0: like, I don't know if you really want to out somebody for <laughs> illegal drug use. <laughs> Funny that she's saying, I don't know if you really want to out somebody about drug use. When in season one, we had Mark all concerned about the Coke comments. Right. Like, are, are they going to hear that? And him, and then Mickey himself just constantly being upset that she's outing him left and right so we know that she's done this independent film that she's had this cherish your hair product and the infomercial is killed me it's so great the glamour shot with her hair just blowing in the wind sweeping across her face and her
1: hair is a darker red this season it's more of a Small than red Mm,
0: i thought (laughs) she looked great i did too she looks amazing we find out in the course of this scene, not just from her interactions with the camera crew, but also in that little clip of the cherish your hair, that they have the little title card at the bottom that says Jean, someone or other host, but she keeps referring to the host as Joan, and then in the <laughs> next, the next bit, she'll call her Jean, and then she keeps calling her different things. So Valerie cherish is still Valerie cherish. There's some consistency. Hello, hello, hello. It's beautiful. And then we see a little cameo that she's done on something like, it looks like a CSI show or something. Oh. She looks like Mark Helgenberger there for a moment. She does. And she's good. It's just a little clip. But that's the thing is that Valerie is
1: good as we we'll,
0: you know. As we know.
1: Yeah. But yeah. well, we knew it already. I mean, we, yeah. we talked about that. In
0: she is a good actress. The last it's one. It's just that, her personality that's, you know, Valerie. And when she's directed and knows and understands what she's doing and when she feels heard. <laughs> yeah. She's a pro. She is a pro. We also are learning with this film crew that she has there that she's putting together a pilot (gasps) presentation (laughs) for
1: Andy Cohen. Oh, we love it. Now, I would like to say that Jenny and I were prophets because how many times do we mention Andy Cohen? I know. In the, the season one podcast.
0: It's sort of, what is that, what is that horror film, Leprechaun or something, you say his name three times he shows up? I don't think it's Leprechaun. Candyman. I, I Candyman. I don't know these movies, but, uh, but you do, you're like a fan of that genre, right? I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of friends who are, I'm, it's, I'm total ignoramus when it comes Candyman to Candyman is scary. Well, Ooh. but wouldn't it be awesome that you if said you said Andy, Andy Cohen, God. Andy Cohen, Andy Cohen, Andy Cohen. And you end up in Temple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where are
0: you? Uh, uh,
1: can I just say, as a side note, I watched Watch What Happens Live after this, and uh, he it wasn't the episode last night, but the one the night before. It, he had Lisa Kudrow on, and Martin Short. And you know, on Watch What Happens Live, there's always a drinking game word like how many if whoever how many every time you hear this word, take a drink. It was every time you hear, and you heard Valerie Cherish going, "I don't want to see that," uh, and he just is like, he's the biggest fan. Of the comeback, he was so excited, and also may I say that Lisa Kudrow looked so beautiful,
0: hasn't aged a day. She hasn't. She's she looks fantastic, and just I've seen her on. I saw her on the View the other day, and again she's her. And I saw her on Belmar. Her energy, Lisa Kudrow's personal energy, is so different from Valerie, which so also different shines a light on and so different what a from pro. Phoebe. Oh, absolutely. I think you tweeted something. You may. Uh, you wrote a tweet about the cantaloupe seeds. Yeah, and the hair <laughs> in the in the cherish your hair hair product too, which I had a little note about because I thought that was such a funny little detail. And then, well, you know, in all those,
1: I'm sorry, interrupt. No, you. please. In uh, in all those hair care, like the Cindy Crawford. Have you seen her? Her infomercial, it's it's taken, this this anti-aging thing, it's taken from some special fruit in the rainforest of Africa, this fruit we've never heard of,
0: and so, of course. It's the same kind of thing, this yeah. cantaloupe from France, and, and <laughs> it sounds very fancy, but you can tell they really have no idea what, this, what the science is, as if there is any science. And it's a cantaloupe, it's not like it's an it's, exotic
1: fruit, it's, it's a cantaloupe.
0: We see that Valerie has a vision of herself as an entrepreneur as well, like, Bethany Frankel. She's really tried to market whatever little tidbit she could, you know, to kind of get in there.
1: I'm wondering if Bethany Frankel is going to be on an episode because Bethany Frankel was also like tweeting about the show last night. Maybe. So it was really interesting on Twitter. Now we can start to predict who we think may be on the show just by who's excited about the show celebrity wise
0: who was the woman well then this leads us right into the next clip uh where the editor goes into the bathroom and he doesn't stop the footage that's rolling the- of things that she's done that she's provided him with and she's very concerned because she doesn't have the rights to the footage nobody's supposed to see it or she's not supposed it to have lisa it was lisa vanderpump oh, okay
1: Right. Lisa Vanderpump from The Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. All right. See, I I don't know who all those... I'm and sorry. Vanderpump Rules.
0: I know those shows. I know these words you are speaking.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I've never actually
0: watched Vanderpump Rules. I'm sorry, Andy Cohen. <laughs> Love her anyway. She loves you. And there's this great scene, this... Unused footage from Beverly Hills, the Real Housewives Housewives of Beverly Hills.
1: Where we learned Valerie was one of the original Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
0: And she did not predict that it was going to go. Yeah,
1: this is no Real Housewives of New York. This isn't going to get picked up.
0: Again, she's always sort of saying, you know, I don't watch reality or I don't like it or it's no good. But
1: she knows every reference to every single one. And she had a total meltdown in this clip. Yes,
0: and that's where we learn that there's been trouble in her marriage, or so yeah. they allude to it. So I'm not quite sure whether it's real or not.
1: Right. Or When she went, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to instigate things for the camera. You're trying to stir things up. I won't do this. I've been there before.
0: And she had like that complete meltdown. She did. I mean, whether or not somebody was trying to, they succeeded. It was good television. It was damn good television. But she, of course, quit the show. And like it's like, I'm does. not storming off. <laughs> but she yeah she started storming off and then
1: came back to point out that she wasn't storming off
0: right there was a clip also of room and board and there had mickey pops in saying like uh oh it's still funny and i thought it's never been funny it was never funny mickey is still a fan of room and board and right right on the
1: real housewives of beverly hills clip there's this thing demo like not for public view i don't remember what it said Please, but yeah it was one of those warnings you get when you get a screener. So right. you can't show it to anyone.
0: But we all got to see it, which was wonderful. She doesn't want to be the villain. In that clip, it's great. She's like, you know, I don't want to be the villain. I've done it before. And here was another one of those Mickey moments where he was commenting. He's like, oh, oh, this was, that was rough. And Valerie's like, let's not make it any more interesting than it is. Or let's not make it more interesting. The real stuff that happens... She wants to downplay. Like, let's not make the real stuff any more interesting. Because she doesn't have any control over it. She doesn't have any control over that. She really
1: doesn't understand reality television. To this day, we still see.
0: She hasn't really fully grasped it. There are certain elements of it. She's definitely more protective of herself, but she still doesn't understand it. And she contradicts herself back and forth. You hear her in that scene being filmed... Uh, the Beverly Hills Housewives thing or Housewives of Beverly Hills and the camera person saying, you know, please stop referring to me. Stop talking to me. And Vanderpump being like, why does she keep talking to the camera? You can't do that. She's still getting schooled even though she's supposedly done this already. Right. She still doesn't quite get it. And even in the little one she's doing, she's not getting it. I
1: have a question for you, Jenny.
0: Yes. Um, I
1: know the fact that you don't watch Real Housewives Housewives of Beverly Hills or... You don't watch those shows. Um, does the fact that you're completely addicted to the Shaw's of Sunset
0: cancel out? <laughs> I think so. I think that still gives me a little bit of cred, a little reality cred. I mean, I'm I, I'm not anti reality. I mean, I, it's, no. it's just like so. I only have so much time in the day, and so I have to be a little more judicious because you know, I also... Shaw's of Sunset might be our next podcast. Oh. Fucking love shaws. Oh. <laughs> oh Andy, more shaws. I am really looking forward to that. Me too. It is my train wreck of choice. So then Mark comes home and he's Love Bug, Marky Mark. Love bug, love ball, marky mark. Oh, love
1: ball, right. Why am I saying love bug? Well, because he is a little bit of a love
0: bug. And he's a
1: love ball.
0: And He looks tired. He looks tired. Well, he does say that his flight came in early, so yeah. he's been out of the country or somewhere. And he's confused about the kids with the cameras being there. So this is something she's either not discussed with him or he didn't know was about to happen.
1: He did have this, oh no, not again, look on his face.
0: Yes, and yet he still smiles. He's yeah. very tolerant and he indulges her. He does. So, whatever their marital troubles may have been or may be, he still seems to love her. And whatever it is, I think they're past them. And there may have been a post comeback
1: breakdown of some sort. Yeah, backlash.
0: We might find out. I have no idea. He's, I do
1: know this. We still don't know what he does for a living.
0: We still don't know what he does for a living. I'm very <laughs> hopeful that we'll find out. And then uh, he's working out, and make, he says he's going to go work out, and she says, you know, maybe I'll join you. And he's like, yeah, right, or whatever. <laughs> so we know she's still not working out. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if she still has her yoga room? The zen room, yeah. I don't know. That would be cool if we saw it again. I know. But it would probably have, like, just stuff hanging out over everything. It's like the oh, end or of Or next... it
1: would probably be a Pilates room now or a Zumba room or whatever. Oh yeah,
0: Zumba. Yeah. That's a good one. And I remember at the end of the magazine cover episode that Esperanza, who had at the beginning been putting her purse on the treadmill, was now putting it on the Buddha. So <laughs> I'm sure if we went into the Zen room, if any of that is still there, it's probably like covered with stuff. Right. Oh, and like God, I
1: didn't notice that about the person, the Buddha. That's funny,
0: Jenny. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the, like, in the end. You have such an
1: eye for detail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, then we are in a little confessional testimonial, and she's talking about how she knew all these changes in reality were going to come. Having just watched the first season, there's that whole episode where she's, convinced that reality is dying it was the charla episode i think where she's obsessed because the entertainment weekly says oh right is reality dead
1: right when she goes by that newsstand on montana avenue
0: yeah and so here she is talking about how she always knew reality was the future and this was going to be this way and totally contradicts what she said in the first season but she seems very happy and She wants to be part of this moving forward, I guess. And then Mickey gets a phone call with his doctor in the middle of that. Oh, Mickey. Mickey looks great. He does. Now, there's somebody who does not look like he's aged at all. And he was older 10 years ago. I know,
1: except he has auburn hair now. Why do they always choose that auburn color? I think it fades to that from something. (laughs) I don't know what it was. Cretion
0: formula, maybe. Oh, yeah, I wonder if he's still with Robert,
2: and we'll find I wonder out. too.
0: As she's chastising everybody, and trying to get them to turn off their phones, she realizes that the phone that's ringing at the end of this little testimonial scene is hers, and it's Billy, and he's on his way over there. And Billy shows up, and he's on his way somewhere. He's got Carla in the car. Oh my god!
1: From the Chew, he said Carla from Top Chef, but I think of her as Carla
0: from the Chew. <laughs> Carla from the block. Carla from the Chew. (laughs) I love that show. I remember her on Top Chef. I would catch it because Tom watches it. I would would watch, watch him every once in a while and see her. And she was such a good personality.
1: So what was that moment between Billy and Mickey?
0: I don't know. It really wasn't clear because I was looking at Mickey and Mickey's not really giving much. He does say... There was a, there, it was, the, it was, we, be, we were
1: very much meant to see that moment. What, and I wonder if we're going to find out if there's any sort of
0: backstory. Because she says, Mickey, say hi to Billy. As if Mickey has to be prompted. It's naturally he doesn't just say hi. I, it was,
1: it was, it was a, I feel like it was a scorn, like we, we did, we did it, got drunk and did it once kind of bad moment. I don't know.
0: I don't know. That visual is just not. I, it's just, Yeah. I I think that it may have been a Valerie... Like a hag struggle. A struggle over the hag. <laughs> right? Quien <es> muy hag? <laughs> primero. The, uh, primero hag. <laughs> I wonder what the Spanish word is for hag. For lady who if likes homosexuals. If you know that, please
1: email us at jenmarfilms at com or, or tweet us. Whatever you feel at comfortable. At jenmarfilms. Or... Facebook us at Genmar Films.
0: Yes. We are We are on the tweets. We are on the Facebook. So Billy can't stay. He doesn't seem to be phased with the cameras either once she says that it's for the pitch for Andy. And he's pretty enthusiastic. He doesn't seem to be naysaying. He's like, hey, that's awesome. You know, we've got Carlo over here. And again, we learn a little bit about him. After Valerie, he seems to have become the publicist guy for...
1: Reality people. Good for him.
0: Absolutely. You know what?
1: There was, I was thinking there, it's it's the showbiz, worked in showbiz all my life moment when I thought, publicists are expensive. Mm-hmm. Has she been paying Billy all this time or has she called him back, you know? Or have they remained friends? Maybe we'll find out. Publicists are not
0: cheap at all. Well, she may have him on retainer and he's just stopping by yeah. and, and he may not be, doing anything for her right now. They may just be friends now. And like any agent or manager or person like that, it may be when she's not doing something that needs to be publicized. Again, like you said, they're just friends. But he also sees this as an opportunity for her. Like maybe, and maybe she'd hire him back again. He's also being protective. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's why I think they're friends. I, I would, I would go with that they're friends. He's, he's actually, you know, he's he's stopping. He's on his way somewhere. He's in the middle of something else, but he obviously thinks that this is important enough to tell her that Pauly G has a script over at HBO that they're producing that seems, from its description, to be about her and Pauly G's relationship with her. And he doesn't say, we've got to get on this and... I don't know, like, get in it. We don't need to get you in for an audition. Because he's not the agent manager. That's not his thing. It's more about what's your reputation? What's the damage? What's the media component here that he can contribute to or control or use to hers and then his advantage?
2: Did you see this about Polly G and you? What? Look, HBO is making a series with Pauly G about a self-destructive sitcom writer. Yeah, oh, sounds right so far. And his relationship with a neurotic older sitcom actress. Well, okay. Wish him, that's not, you know, wish him well. She has red hair. Still, wish him well. The character's name is Mallory. Your name is Valerie. Uh-huh, sounds the same. Might be me. What do you want me to do about it? I'm just trying to give you a heads up. Okay, my heads up. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta run back. You know, call your agent. Uh-huh. Try to get a copy of the script. We gotta see what this damage is. Okay, Billy, right. appreciate you coming all the way out here. I really do. But I've moved on. Polly's in the past. He's free to write whatever he wants to write. And I'm free to not react. You know? It's yeah. okay. All right.
0: I love that exchange where he's just describing it and she's like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, well, that's fine. You know, whatever he, whatever he wants to do. And and she's
1: getting slow burn.
0: And just, we, we're getting these little pieces of information. It's like, her name is Mallory. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Okay. Well, yes, that's close. <laughs> sort of like, well, what do you want me to do about it? He says, you know, look, call your agent, get the script, find out what damage might be done. Then we see her making a phone call to the agency, trying to find her agent, who is no longer there. We don't know really what's happened to him, but he's not her agent anymore, and she doesn't know who to ask for. And that's the very Hollywood thing. Oh, I've had that. <laughs>
1: like, you know, when you're working and working and working, and then you're not working as much, but you're not. You're still with them, but you are not on the top burner, you know. And getting someone there who knows who you are, it's really a, you know, horrible moment, but it happens. <laughs> And but they hold on to you because just because, like in my case, even though I, you know, took time off from performing, they know that I get calls sometimes. So they're happy to make a deal for me.
0: Right. Because they'll get money anytime yeah, yeah. that
1: that happens. That was one of those moments where I wondered, uh, and this is not a negative, I'm just pondering. Um, we found it so funny because, you know, of, you know, where we've been and, you know, the all the different areas we've worked in and in showbiz the showbiz and uh, the showbiz. uh you wonder if you know people watching in middle america understood that uh, you know i think they i think they looked at it a different way i think that that they love the show as much because they're intrigued by hollywood but i you know you wonder if it's all the inside stuff it's probably a different meaning to them it's an equal love of the show but more like, ooh,
0: you know. One of the other things when she's on the phone with the agency looking for her agent, she's trying to find out who it is. She's kind of making a joke with the person. You know, well, maybe you're going to be my agent in a week. And it sounds like the person on the other end says, like, no, I don't think so or something. <laughs> um, yeah, she just got a look in her face like, oh, all right. Yeah, she's like, wait five minutes. You'll be my agent. While she's going through all that sort of old school kind of trouble, the young guy on the computer, the editor guy, is saying, I can just find the script for you online. Everything's online now. And we see that as much as she recognizes the changes, she has not kept up with them. She doesn't know how to stop it when it's playing something that she doesn't right. want to see. She doesn't know to look anything up. And again, she hasn't done any research. She's got no idea of what's been happening with Polly G or this project or anything.
1: You know what was also really cracked me up? Did you notice that Mickey still had his old flip phone? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he did.
0: I, I bet he gets those, like, little, tiny, like, four-pixel pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having a phone like and that. And you have
1: to text 123 ABC. Oh. oh. oh the worst.
0: I know, you get little thumb cramps. Yeah. They find the script to Seeing Red online no problem. And in the midst of that, too, they find an article about Polly having sold it. To HBO and that he had been in rehab for heroin addiction, which was kind of a little shocking. It was a little shocking, not only to us but to Mickey as well. Yeah. He's like, "Oh!" And he suddenly has a lot of empathy or sympathy. Yeah, it's just like, "Oh!" And he makes a comment about it, like, "Oh, I didn't know he was on the horse." Yeah,
1: <laughs> like a sixties, you know, heroin reference. Oh my god! Heroin, you know, from hair. <laughs> right.
0: That night, Valerie is in bed reading Polly G's script, Seeing Red. Mark is there, and he's also talking about Francesca, we learn, is in New York studying fashion. He doesn't understand and why she has to be there. Very expensive school. A very expensive school. And. He says something to Valerie about the apartment. He's like, is this the apartment we decided on for her? It's, you know, $1.3 million. It sounds like he's buying this apartment for her. Yeah. She mentioned something about the Homeowners Association fees. Oh, right. He said, what are the HOA fees? He asked. He's still doing well. Whatever it is he does. $1.3 for an apartment for your 22-year-old kid. You know, I know someone else who's done that. I'm... Sure, more people you know, learn. because
1: they figure once the school time is over, they can rent it out or whatever,
0: well, there are lots of people who do that also around u c l a and yeah, you know, probably down by u s c but who wants to live down there? No, <laughs> people don't want to live down there anymore. I don't want to live there <laughs> um we also learned in, earlier in that little exchange she had with Vanderpump that she doesn't live in Beverly Hills. We don't know where she lives. But I you, see.
1: I thought they were in Beverly
0: Hills. I thought they were too, but maybe they're in I don't P- know. Beverly Hills P.O. Box. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe they're in West Hollywood. They could be, or the hills. The hills. Or maybe Brentwood.
1: Brentwood. Bel Air. Brentwood or Bel Air, definitely. Santa Monica. That, that house has a little bit of a
0: Santa Monica feel to it. There's a lot of nice areas that they could live in. Hancock Park. Yes, that could be a Hancock Park house. So she's reading the script. She's just very upset and says, it's me, it's totally me. And he says, what do you expect? He's a cocksucker. She's like, he is a cocksucker. And I love it because she's just so. She still gets mad at Like all these years
1: later, it's still still so hurt by him.
0: And he hurt her in one of her most sensitive spots. The culmination of everything over time and punctuated at the end with the scoliosis oh, torture brace, yes. and the back brace and the snarky comments and all of that. I mean, that was just her most. Let's vulnerable. not
1: forget the double vomit moment, <sighs> one of the best moments on television.
0: Then we also realized that uh, she's put in a, an overhead camera in the bedroom again, which Mark is seems very oh, frustrated, I'm just annoyed. In her conversation with Mark about the script, she's bemoaning the circumstance and what can she do. And he's asking her more questions about it and realizes she might actually have a legal case and says he'll call the lawyers in the morning. So he's taking care of her. As always. As always. He's got her back. She's a Bug. Yeah, love Bug. Love Ball. Love Marky Mark. Oh, I keep saying Love Bug. What is with me? Well, he, maybe he's your Love Bug. He he's her be... Love Ball, and he's your Love Bug. I wonder bug. if we're going
1: to see his Ladybug this season.
0: <laughs> so that scene closes. She's saying she's not going to lose any more sleep over it. That's not me. Again, she's telling us who she is. And the lights are going out, and Mark's making his moves. And he says, oh, I've got this, and makes the kind of the out. Yeah. This doesn't go in... The footage, because she also realizes. So oh, hey, I'm in charge of it. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna. This, all this footage is mine. You look like you had a
1: thought about. No, that. I was gonna say, and the nephew's the cameraman, which is.
0: <laughs> I had that a thought creepy. too. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, who do you think is gonna be going through this? Uh, yeah, yikes! Somebody is gonna be seeing their uncle getting this freak on. Uncle and aunt. So it's the next day, and she is with the camera crew in the drive-thru for Sam's oh. Burgers. And she's very confused by it. She makes a comment at one point, too. Like, I order in. And I remember working for somebody who had been the son of a producer in Hollywood growing up. a big. He was the son of a big Hollywood producer. And when I was working for him, he was already in his 40s, and he was a screenwriter. And at some point, we went through a drive-thru, and he told me he'd never been to a drive-through before. Wow! And this is a man in his forties. Wow! But growing up in Beverly Hills, especially at the time he did, he w- would have had to drive really far to get to one. And I know even in my neighborhood, I, you know, the suburb that I grew up in, you had to drive a while to get to a drive-through. So if you had any kind of privilege. Why would you ever do it, All right? So she's very confused by this whole Sam's Burgers thing. Is that a real place? No. No. Okay. And
1: they had every possible thing on the menu there. She makes a small a world bento joke. box and a... Curry
0: burger. Yeah,
1: curry burger. And, you know, that's when she looked to Nick. Uh, Nick Dodani, the actor who plays Harry, the cameraman, was now outside of the car filming her from the drive-thru, and you saw him. Um, we actually...
0: Have an interview with Nick. We do, and we'll post that as well. We'll post the interview up. you want to learn a little bit more of the inside scoop, we had a nice little chat with him. Is that going to be part of this podcast? I think we should post it as a separate thing that people can listen to and keep it a little shorter. Um,
1: Great. Fantastic. Now, uh, uh, so I I had this moment when she looked at Nick because, you know, he's Indian, that she was going to say something very... Sort on of PC? Yeah, on PC. And then he uh, ordered the most normal thing of everybody. I can't remember what he ordered, but it was, you know, just like a burger or something.
0: Right, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's the least ethnic of but them all. But she
1: looked at him and go, okay, what are you going to order? You know, and I was, I was just waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no beady-beady jokes. Oh. <laughs> Yet. And we haven't found out what's happening with them. Oh, you know one thing, and this is going way back, but we didn't really talk about, uh, at the very beginning, too, where she's having that conversation with Mark and explaining to him what she's doing with the camera crew. And she's talking about preparing the pitch for Andy Cohen. And he's not sure who Andy Cohen is, which I thought he must know who Andy Cohen is. If she did the real housewives at some point, I would have thought that he knew that. right? But apparently it didn't stick with Mark and she's, there's something really sad when she's talking about the, Exchange she's been having with Andy Cohen. I don't know if husbands
1: retain Andy Cohen.
0: <laughs> so you think that it's like a straight male filter? Uh, I might be. <laughs> I don't know. The straight male dam just keeps uh, certain I, things no, from your, passing. your
1: husband's an editor. Did see? That's. I mean, it's...
0: I think he knows who Andy Cohen really? is. Really? Okay, but so he's probably also, not totally on his radar. But he's not a businessman. He's who's not flying a businessman, the... right? Yeah, that's different. Yeah, and he's in the business, so I think. He's yeah. in the business. I'm not anymore. Yeah. So Tom would know, but maybe Mark wouldn't or wouldn't care, or, or like you said, isn't fully listening for some reason. But that moment, just where she's like, we're communicating. Just oh, and it's just him sort of acknowledging one of her tweets, like Lance Barber, Polly G acknowledged. Ah Mark Mars. yes, big fans, big fans. Thanks, Lance. Uh, Thanks, Lance. Thanks, Lance Barber. Thanks, you big teddy bear. You angry, angry teddy bear. Jenny loves
1: angry bears. I do. I love my bears. Jenny's wearing red high heels
0: today. They're Crocs. (laughs) They're high heels made
2: by Crocs.
0: Get out of town. They are so comfortable. I mean, it's like walking on Tempur-Pedic. Wow. So I am revealed here. While they are in the driveway at Sam's Burgers and they've placed their order, Valerie gets a notice that Andy Cohen has tweeted that he's going to be having lunch at the Chateau Marmont, and suddenly all plans change. She tries to cancel the order, or she cancels the order, really. She's just, she's going to leave. She's not waiting. And that poor pimply-faced kid, I don't even think he was pimply-faced. I just have to say that, because anybody who works at a... Fast food drive-thru. Like yeah, that's right. Or, or had them at some point, right? Yes. It's like... So he just looks very confused. Like, what am I supposed to do with it? And I chief, wonder if he's going to have to pay for it. Probably, or eat it. Sometimes oh. they used to make people eat... Oh. I don't know what they do oh, anymore. That, really, they made people eat food? They... Like, <laughs> their mistakes? Like, eat
1: a mistake! You will stay here! Right. You will eat until you vomit.
0: And he's like, Well, what am I supposed to do? She's like, What am I running Sam's burgers? (laughs) She doesn't care. No. Also, in this scene, Mickey's flipping through the script in the back seat and talking about, again, he's not really helping. He's sort of adding fuel to the fire that is her anger at Polly G, where he's saying, First of all, Polly G should. Now, Mickey's in alarmist mode. Right. And he thinks that Polly G should pay him for the name because he's the one who calls her Red and he's very upset that Polly G is writing this thing that makes it sound like she's the reason that his career went up in flames as opposed to the fact that he was a heroin addict. Right. You know, his life was uncontrollable. He, He says, is this supposed to be funny? And she says, oh, it's a dramedy. And then she turns to the camera and says... A dramedy is a comedy without the laughs. That was a Valerie teaching moment. <laughs> Valerie teaching moment. <laughs> she's full of those and she's in her element. Like she was with the room and board kids. She's sort of with the USC kids. Yeah. Like, I'm taking you through this. I've been through this. I got this. Learn from me. She wants to be a guru. I wonder if we'll see Don and Donna, the double Ds. <gasps> I hope speaking so. Of her, speaking of her... Her guru. I wonder how Donna's boobs are. I'm sure that they are just absolutely magnificent. She decides they're going to go to the Chateau Marmont. They go over there, and the maitre d' won't let them in with the cameras. They don't have a reservation, and she still wants to go in and see her friend, Andy Cohen. The maitre d' tries to stop her, and he doesn't really lunge at her or anything. He just kind of puts his hand out and... it's in a fist, and she sort of walks into it, and it looks like he punches her. In the boob. Didn't like, he punch her in the boob? Oh, I thought it was her stomach, but it's, oh. it's all close. Yeah, <laughs> And they both look a little bit shocked and horrified, both her and the d' that this has just happened. Very close to the double vomit look. <laughs> yeah. No, but
1: and he's horrified, but he still won't let her in. That's like, even that, even the sort of a lawsuit... But he still doesn't want that Valerie cherish him. He's
0: he's a good employee.
1: He is. He, he knows was following
0: them. those rules. And my guess is she's not the first one who has tried to bust past those doors. It's very awkward with the crew with the lights and the camera and they the kids don't know how to maneuver with that stuff. The kids leave the cameras with Mickey and big idea now is to just film everything on the cell phones which is really smart and we see that while they had the big camera they were I think it was Tyler was already somebody was already filming with the cell phone camera too so they already were doing that right and as we just learned in our interview with Nick those kids were really and I'm calling them kids and they're like in their 20s right but those the kids were really. Nick was really... when he filmed it. Okay, so yeah. they were so they were really filming. Yeah, they were really part of the crew.
1: And that that generation really knows how
0: to. <laughs> Everybody's a cameraman now. We
1: did that on our webisode. We did on
0: Playdate with Brittany. I know, such an homage. I know. To the comeback they bust past and she tells the maitre d that he owes her anyways so she takes the kids with her with the cameras and they approach andy and rupaul who are sitting down for lunch andy's so gracious and enthusiastic telling rupaul andy tells rupaul that he's been a fan of valerie's ever since i'm it and while they were in college he and his friends would smoke dope and watch the show and it was fantastic (laughs) and that they worked together briefly and then She's very excited because she can say, hey, well, I'm working on something now and, you know, this is part of it. It's not for broadcast. He seemed to be open and I can't tell whether that's a Hollywood I'm I'm listening, I'm open right. or not. It was just Andy Cohen at his Andy Cohen he was,
1: Yeah, he was Andy Cohen, played Andy Cohen really well. Strange. I wonder what kind of prep he did for that. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes personalities who aren't particularly actors are asked to play themselves and they're very stiff. I thought he did a great job. He did.
0: Very I'm not saying this
1: because I'm kissing Andy Cohen's ass.
0: Of course, he is already an on-camera personality though. Yeah, but still, acting is different. She also tells Andy in that in that moment about the altercation she just had with the Mater d' and he's very impressed and thinks that must have been great and that must have been hilarious and she has a realization at that moment because she didn't get it right she she missed she missed that moment and she's sort of covering at, for it because she doesn't really want to admit that she missed it and then there's the end of that scene too where oh. she leans into him i don't know whether she realizes or remembers that she's mic'd or not but she makes that comment to him that she gets it now
2: yeah
1: oh bless her heart
2: I think this might be right for you. You know, I want to show it to you. Great. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Send it to me. Great. Okay. I'm going to let you get back to it. Okay. okay. Before the host comes over and breaks a chair on my head. Right? <laughs> That's great. Great <laughs> to, to see, see you, you, Val. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, um, I get it now. Okay. Didn't get it before. That, you know, I took myself too seriously. You know, didn't know I was playing a character. Thought it was me. But, I get it now. Okay. okay good enjoy your lunch so nice to meet you, you. okay Great. bye-bye
0: come See on boys about. and oh and he looks very confused by the right thing
2: too. I don't
1: even know how much he remembers about you know the Valerie I mean he that was like so long ago like it's the biggest thing in her life that she screwed that opportunity up but
0: and she's still holding on he'd to probably
1: it. have to be reminded of it you know
0: there was a little, on the footage, there was a date. Was it 2005 on the date? Was it right after? I can't remember.
1: I, I don't remember either, but, it yeah. Was, I think you know it was what? right after the comeback, because I think the wound was still really fresh with her.
0: That's a really good observation, that it's something that she has not been able to sort of resolve inside Yeah, of He's really holding on, and he's probably like, yeah. He's, well. you
1: know, created a bazillion shows since then.
0: How could he keep track of everybody and everything? Yeah. Of course he's Andy Cohen, though, and he could. I know. What can't Andy do? Moving on, they are leaving and she and Mickey are walking out. She's bemoaning the fact that she missed that moment with the Mater d' and says, you know, what, I'm just way too nice. And suddenly Mickey gives her the heads up. Mickey gives her the heads up that there are paparazzi all around and he goes to the side to let her go, to get, to let her be photographed thinking that the paparazzi are there to see her, or would want to take pictures of her, even if they weren't necessarily. But then we see why they're really there. And we get our first glimpse of Juna! Yay! Juna! Baby girl! Now, of course, we know what
1: Malin Ackerman looks like now, because she's never stopped working.
0: Apparently, Juna hasn't either. We heard them talking about it in the first scene, right. but we see that Juna's really succeeding... And she's on the phone. She doesn't notice Valerie at all. But Valerie is, of course, lost in this just melee of... trampled by the paparazzi. Oh, my God. The one that just keeps stepping on her
1: foot. And that's after, I think.
0: Well, it's all throughout it. Yeah. You're right, though. And she just she just keeps getting stepped on by the one guy. And she's screaming out Juno's name. And it's just part of the cacophony. It's just, like, noise. And oh, the fact... that
1: was so heartbreaking. Oh.
0: And then the car dries off with Juna. But then stops. And that was awesome.
1: My heart. That's just, my heart just, like, burst when Juna came, stopped, and got out of the car. And she was just that sweet, still, like, Valerie is her hero kind of moment.
0: And Mickey says later she still smells like, what is it, frankincense or patchouli and peppermint or uh, frankincense yeah. and peppermint. But... She still smells the same. I love
1: when they're hugging and she goes, where's Mickey? Like, of course Mickey would be there 10 years later. Right.
0: You know? He's got to be, right? It's mom and dad. Right. And she's so, she's just as happy to see Mickey as she is to see Valerie, which I thought was really sweet. Very open to spending time. She's like, we have to get together. And Valerie's like, how about tomorrow? (laughs) And Juna is leaving to shoot a film where she's going to be in love with a robot for, uh, she's going to be gone and for, very, even
1: very humble when she's talking about oh my right.
0: god you know sort of self-effacing right she'll be gone for three months and then she remembers oh wait no, no. wait
1: and then Valerie said okay in three months then okay
0: and then she says oh wait I'm sorry I'm so dumb it'll be four months because I'm, I'm shooting I'm going to Madrid to shoot for Vogue
1: she, and Valerie's
0: like okay four months then Valerie's like I'll take it yeah like, we're making a date awesome Then she takes off, and Valerie's still trying to get the paparazzo off of her foot. Their car comes around right as the paparazzi are, like, knocking one of the kids of Valerie's film crew. So poor Valerie's students are getting trampled as well as her. As she's getting in, she sees that the lawyers have sent the letter to HBO to cease and desist on seeing Red. Mickey says, that's good. Stay out of it. It could get messy. And you see, with Mickey saying it could get messy, sort of a little light bulb go off. Oh, yeah. She's not going to stop. Well, and now she knows, right? She doesn't want to be too nice. She wants to have good footage. She says, I get it now. Right. So she's ready to just bust on in there. Oh, yes. So, like, it could get messy. It's like, yeah. Because she's
1: she's Andy Cohen now. She, she's seeing herself as the female Andy Cohen she's an Andy cohen right? she's going to have her own network she is
0: then we're at HBO and she's filming herself getting off the elevator saying it's about to get messy she's, she's a reality star god damn it and she's going to stand up for herself she's fierce she's going to flip a table or two the lobby is filled with redheads, and she learns that it's the final day of casting for Seeing Red, and we see that woman who we never really knew what her role was, and she sort of disappeared after the first couple Sharon, of... And it was Sharon. Who played
1: by Marla Garland, who is a real casting director in life, and also married to the very hilarious Jeff Garland.
0: She's so... There's something about her. I think she's so pretty. She's so, like, there's something she's I want to, like... a great girl. I, she just looks like somebody I want to know. Yeah, and I was, do want to know her. I was really excited to know her job title. Good job, Marla. Good job. And I thought Sharon handles it really well. She looks a little bit terrified that Valerie's there and has the cameras. When Valerie says that uh, she's going to go in anyways, sort of regardless of whatever the executives say, and Valerie doesn't really seem to believe herself while she's saying it, but Sharon does. Cause she says to her, you know, the roles that you're casting, you know that it's me, and you know because you cast me as Aunt Sassy, you know this. Sharon says that she'll go in and find out what they're gonna say, and Valerie's like, Okay, but I, I I'm going in anyways. So she's, she's creating her reality moment, goddammit. She's not gonna be too nice, damn it. No. And she's like, I don't care who sees this because I'm mad. But it's so false. It's It's so for the camera. It just feels like, yeah, like she's trying really hard to push herself to be mad. But she's so afraid of actually losing control. It's such a
1: perfect Valerie Cherish moment.
0: Sharon's like, okay, come on. And Valerie's like, is it okay if I bring the cameras? And Sharon's like, yeah, I'm okay with it if you, you know, if you, whatever you want. Because Sharon also knows that they've got a keep Valerie okay because she's about to tank the project by suing them or cease and desist that Valerie is actually a real threat here. Right. And Sharon's trying to manage it. then when Valerie walks into the casting room, we see the executives jump into full-on executive mode trying to manage it as well. Yes. Now, the guy who played, who I assume is an HBO executive, is very familiar. The guy with the glasses... I don't know what that actor's name is, but she walks into the casting room, and we get to see Polly G for the first time. He looks great, by the way. Lance, you look great. He looks great, and he's there with the execs. There's the older guy with glasses. There's a younger guy who seems to be very pro-Valor. He's, like, smiling at her the whole time. Very enthusiastic. And a woman, as well as Sharon, and they are looking at casting tapes, they're they're definitely Valerie's still angry.
1: She's still angry. She's still angry as they're talking to her. She's gonna hold on
0: to this angry moment until. Well, and then Polly G is being very disarming. He like is like, hey, and it was that sweet Polly G that we saw with everybody else in the season one and never saw with her. And and in the
1: um in the the when they did his interview in the comeback,
0: right? Where he's genuinely talking about her being a pro and such a comedy legend or icon right. and here in this moment he seems very humble like a completely different person right and he hugs her and she really doesn't know what to do with that and she says I didn't know referring to the heroine yeah they do that very quietly I thought that was kind of this sweet moment because she really doesn't know she's expecting to confront Polly G from season one and she's met with somebody she doesn't know, totally different, totally different.
1: Or is he?
0: We'll find out. But at the same time, he's a recovering heroin addict. So
1: yeah, but is it? Well, I'm curious to see
0: what? if she's his downfall and
1: drives him back. Yeah, if he's a real polyg. The the, Poly G comes the, out the again. end of the sixth
0: episode arc, he's back in Betty Ford or something. <laughs> oh my god, that would be terrible, but hilarious. In this exchange to the executive, as, as she's, as Valerie's talking about all of her complaints and that there's, that she wants them to cease and desist, the executives say, tell her that they tried contacting her agent, not to get her permission as she thinks that might have been why, but to find out if she wanted to audition. And that's when
1: she changed. That's when she went into, oh, full actress mode. That's all it took. There we see she's Valerie Cherish, the actress. Like, she forgets the reality show there for a minute and she's like, oh. A real up. role? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you called my agent? <laughs> like,
0: so I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on that moment. Do you think that they had actually called her agent? Do you think that that was true? <sighs> Do you think that they were just appealing to that vanity part of her, that actress? In order to,
1: um, look at the lawsuit. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm not sure either. It wasn't clear. Because it was the female executive in the room who mentioned it, and she said it in a very sincere way. But I could also see the male executive really trying to cover HBO's ass as they're telling her that they were trying to find the agent's or contact her through her agent, they ask her if she wants to read uh, and she can step outside and then they tell her she doesn't have to read the sitcom stuff because Polly G says he knows she can do bad sitcom or she can do, you know, badly written sitcom. And he's like, he takes that on himself. He's being very humble. Again, this very strange new version of him. It was very surreal. It was. And I'm sure for her, it must have been like, am I dreaming? What is this strange encounter that I am having? She has to really be convinced to do the cold reading. And they are giving her the dramatic monologue that they haven't been giving many people to read.
1: It's when she was doing it, though, you know, you know what the actor's nightmare is. The actor's nightmare is a very real dream that actors have all the time where... They're on stage and they don't know the lines and they're doing a play they've never seen the script for. And there's an audience in front of them. And Polly G essentially gave her the actor's nightmare. Right. He did. So again, you're like, oh, you know, you it's oh, my God. It's like that's the worst possible thing to do to an actor is to have a monologue and go here.
0: Although he does say, hey, look, we know it's a cold reading. We right. know you're just getting it. We know still, this as well. Still, yes. the, you know. And it does put her on the spot. The male executive, the older male executive, so is, is very, he's very clear that this is the last chance she's going to have. Presents it in a way like it's up to her. But we'll figure out who that guy is. Yes, I can
1: He's not listed in the credits.
0: I wonder if he's a real. No, he's not. He's not a real. Is he's an the, actor. The I've seen woman, him
1: the woman in the room, the other one was Johnny Marchenko, who's a comic.
0: Right, she's also a writer. Yeah, she's she's written on a lot of shows. Yeah, she's yeah. Valerie takes the monologue, and they don't even let her. Or encourage her to just go outside and look at it. She just goes right to it, which is also hella brave. Uh,
1: Oh my god. I was like, no! You know, like the acting coach was like, step
0: outside! But she was on the spot. She was on... And you could see Mickey sort of bracing himself. And she also admits at some point that she hadn't read the whole script. She'd only read some of it. Full disclosure! (laughs) So then she does it.
1: I thought she was brilliant. She was so... Good. Well, she looked at Polly G. The fuck you, you know.
0: But looking down at it, and you could see her. Just all the little moments on her face. Yeah. I mean, really well directed and edited that those were the moments they chose. Yeah. And it said so much about her reactions to the monologue. And it is probably later in the script of the show, so she may not have read it already. I don't think she had. I I think that was the first time
1: she saw it, but... Uh, she was brilliant, you know, again, that is hard to do.
0: And it was a pretty fair representation and obviously a better written because it was scripted, supposedly quote unquote scripted. Right. You know, it's the fictionalized version in, in the show of the moment that she really did have with him before the punch, where she did say almost as exactly. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: How fair of Polly G and it would be interesting to see because we've heard her complaining about the script making her out to be the bad guy, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't sound like it's making him out to look like some kind of a prince either. No. And she kills the monologue. She's just so good in it. It's so real. It's so personal. And Say, just say thank you. But you could see there's, like, a deafening silence afterwards. Like, she doesn't know what to do. Right. And it looks like they don't know what to do because I don't think they were expecting it to be that good. Right. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Great. Okay. Okay you think i'm this dried up middle-aged woman look at the jokes you write look at this tracksuit you make me wear all saying the same thing i'm old i'm annoying i'm unfuckable well i'm not the joke okay you are mitch and instead of spending all your time trying to make me the joke why don't you do your job and write me one huh a real joke, Mitch. Not you and your boys off in a room making fun of an old woman's pussy. Yeah, I heard you. I heard what you think of me. I heard it. Well, maybe you and everyone in television... Could... Oh, I said it wrong. i going to go back. Okay. Well, maybe you and everyone in the television business can't see me as desirable, but there are plenty of men out there who... But there are plenty of men out there... Who would still want to fuck an old lady like me? So, fuck you, Mitch. Just fuck you and fuck you. Okay. Well, that was cold. It um, was a little too just up there. I'm gonna get my crew and I'm gonna get out of here. Okay. So, thank you very, very much.
1: They do, yeah, there's that moment, but then they do just say thank you, and that's like, that's like a killer for an actor, when you just like put your heart and everything into it, and they're like, thank you, and that's, I think, what motivated her in the car later to be saying, well, it could have been better, I just, you know, you win some, you lose some, you, you know, you but don't always that sit out of the ballpark. a typical actor,
0: though, too, like, like no, what, not any- always.
1: I mean, I think it was them just saying thank you. Yes. That, that no feedback. Kills whatsoever. her. Po- no feedback at all. That's when you're you in the you're in the car and you're like melting down. And that was so true and honest too because the next scene when they're you know leaving, oh and she's trying to Oh,
0: well and then she's dropped the she drops the microphone. Her mic drops oh, right. as she's I forgot leaving. And I'm not I'm not clear whether or not she's hearing what's on the other side of the door because I think she might not hear it. I think I only the sound really, guy does.
1: I couldn't really tell. You heard Voices, but I couldn't really tell what they were saying.
0: Well, one of them, Joni Marshenko, right? is that how yeah. I'm pronouncing it right? Uh, she's saying, I don't know what that is, but all I know is I want to see more of it. And you can hear Polly G says something, like, "I negative. Not not negative, like she was bad, but just, like, are you kidding? Or are you sure? or yeah. Like, he's... He does not want... This is not the scenario that he Yeah, exactly. Right? This is his hell. Yeah, but you can tell that she has impressed them, and at least impressed that woman, if not everybody else in the room. Oh, my
1: God. We forgot to mention that when they first walked in, Chelsea Handler was auditioning for Valerie Cherish. What must that have felt like for Valerie? Chelsea Handler. Reading Aunt Sassy's lines. Oh, my God. I I love that they picked Chelsea Handler.
0: She's great. Good for you, Chelsea Handler, too. It takes a lot of balls to go on there and read Aunt Sassy's line. does. About Big Dick Perkins. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Hold the Perkins. Afterwards, and after this embarrassing moment of getting the microphone left in the room, and she is in the car beating herself up after the audition, her exchange with the
1: uh, with the-, See, the the parking uh, employee, it was one of those kiosks, parking and she kiosk. kept putting her key in, and you heard him go. <laughs> it was you couldn't really understand what he's saying. and She's like, "Okay, I know, but you know, I just." And she kept putting it in, and he kept saying, <laughs> "And people were honking behind her, and she was getting angrier and angrier." And, I
0: have so been in that situation. Yeah, before. and Mickey
1: finally somehow heard, heard them say, "You put in the wrong ticket."
0: Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how we hear that. that. I don't,
1: don't want to hear that.
0: And she's like, "Ah, oh, it's the only the only place that has two tickets." Or how dumb is that? She has a very strong reaction to it. But yeah, she is and I've, I've
1: been there totally.
0: And while she's losing her shit, and she tells the kids to turn off the cameras. Like there again, she's time time time, I'm time doing the time uh, signal. But she really says like, "Turn it off!" And get right, it. and poor Harry, you know, who's outside yeah. the car filming her yeah. has to get back in. The only reason why that's kind of important is because the next scene, we are at her home and Valerie is chastising the kids for not having the cameras on and missing the call from her agent. See
1: what happens when you should never turn the cameras off.
0: But you told us to. (laughs) And of course, she just goes right over that. That's not important. That part will get edited out. We miss the call from her agent like we missed the casting session where she got Aunt Sassy. Right. We're missing all these big moments, but then she's excited because we're going to get to see her telling Mark.
1: Well, first she wants to reenact the phone call and she makes them say ring ring. Like that's going to be okay. Bring. okay who's going to say ring ring? <laughs> she didn't even do bring. She said, who's going to say ring ring? She
0: didn't even try. <laughs> it's like there are any phones that makes that. I guess, it's, I guess now we have the choice of having a ring tone that's. That says ring ring? Not that says ring ring, but that is a (laughs) ringing telephone sound. But she wasn't
1: even going to do the ringing telephone. She wanted someone to say ring ring.
0: We should really make that into a ringtone. Let's do it. Just Valerie Chair saying ring ring. Okay. Okay, we'll do that. Mark comes home and she is excited uh, to tell him about getting the part and have them record this. Valerie goes on to tell Mark that she has been offered a part in seeing Red at HBO. And he, again, looks very confused. Right. He asks, aren't we suing them? (laughs) Just a few hours earlier, HBO got a cease and desist letter. Now she's in the show. She says, well, somebody's got to play me. Why shouldn't it be me? He says... No way, Val. No effing way. Does he say effing or fucking? I don't remember. I don't remember. But he's just like, no, not going to happen. And walks out. He is just like.
1: And we know it's going to happen.
0: We know it's going to happen. And Valerie and her very Valerie like, okay, well, let's not play the blame game. (laughs) Kind of,
2: right? (laughs) He's like,
0: well, to be continued. And... That's it. She's like, you coming, Mickey? And Mark goes off one way and she goes off the other with Mickey following her. The kids sit down the cameras. The music swells of Just Can't Get Enough, which was a great sound cue. And the kids, you can kind of hear them and see them in the background eating food. It just looks like after school or something. Right, exactly. Very cute. That was the end of the episode. Valerie makes a pilot. Oh, I couldn't have asked for a better episode. I was so excited and I had this
1: moment right before it started where I thought, oh God, I hope I'm not disappointed, you know, because we had so much buildup and, and Jenny and I have been rewatching the whole season one, as you know, because, you know, the podcast and so it was all so
0: fresh. You're right. I always feared that when I have too much, too many expectations or too high of expectations, It doesn't matter how good it is, it's going to disappoint. I didn't want it to end. I was really upset when it was the end. I was like, no, why is this an hour? Well, you know, I was really upset. There were people in it that I wanted to see that we didn't get to see yet. And I know we're going to see them next week. I know from the clip we're going to finally see Jane. Yay! Yay. Jane Jane will be back. We still don't know if Tom's going to be back. There's just so many people we don't know. And uh, I can't wait. I'm like, I can't wait till next Sunday. And uh, we actually have to wait. We can't just watch it on I YouTube. know. This is wrong. We can't binge watch it. So, what did you think? Let us know. Tweet us, email us. Genmar Films. Genmar Films at gmail.com. Or Twitter is Jenmar Films. And Facebook f- page is Genmar, Genmar films. films.
1: We're easy to find. We're easy to find. You know what else is easy to find? Tony Danza's penis. Tony Danza's penis. Oh! we want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. That. Thanks for listening. I don't, I don't need, need to see it. that. I don't want. I don't need see to. See. I don't want. I don't need to see that. See I see don't I want. To see. That.
1: I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I
2: don't want to see that. (laughs) I don't want to see that.